Hello and welcome back. I'm Christine Carrado. With me right now is John Barker from Lawncore Resources. John, it's great to meet you. How are you? I'm very well, Christine. Thank you. John, it is such a great time to be involved in gold right now. Can you tell me a bit more about Lawncore Resources to get started with? Yeah, Lawncore Resources is really coming out of hibernation. Um, it started over a decade ago in the, in the DRC and put a, a land package together of gold assets. But it's sort of within the last 12 months uh, that things have really started uh, to move. Uh, it's got essentially three elements to it. It's got a, a joint venture with uh, Barrick, a name that um, most people are aware of. Um, it's, but I think the area that we're particularly excited with is uh, what we're doing ourselves on the, on the ground that we have ourselves. Uh, not only are we uh, significantly increasing our own resources, but we're also finding exploration as well. Um, just looking at those three areas, um, to start with, we're situated in the northeast of the DRC, about 220 kilometers away from where uh, Barrick Gold manages the Kabali gold mine. And it's arguably uh, the most successful gold mine in, uh, in Africa currently. And, and apart from the fact that it's um, being so successful, I think it proves a point when people question what is achievable in the DRC. There's a lot going on in the DRC currently. Um, Kabali has actually exceeded expectations. Um, companies such as Ivanhoe, uh, led by Robert uh, Friedland, is uh, now uh, very close to, to starting production on major copper. Um, Glencore's there, and uh, we even had um, um, various uh, organizations just uh, Tesla looking into into the region so there's a lot going on in the DRC but Kibali gold mine um, it's great for us because in a way it's a proxy for the deposits that we're uh, developing um, last year they produced just over 800,000 ounces at the at the mine at costs that were sitting below $700 an ounce so currently that's offering a margin of over $1,000 an ounce now why, uh, why is it a proxy? Well, if we look at the resources that they've got, obviously it's significantly big, uh, bigger. They've been there all, uh, quite a while and there's more certainty they have reserves as well. But the projects that we're developing um, have very similar grades uh, to what they're experiencing at, uh, at, at Kabali. So the JV with Barrick is excited. Uh, um, we, just looking at it, they're looking for Kabali too, and in order to achieve that, they've, they've gone in for a, a JV with, uh, with Longcore over large parts of what's called the Ungayo belt. And um, they're looking to earn in at 65%. They're going to do all the work and pay all the money up to uh, 65% and uh, pre-feasibility uh, stage. And then after that, um, it will be uh, 65 35% to Longcore. 35 to long core, and then we'll have to start contributing through feasibility. So that's uh, started. They've started drilling. Um, they've identified a, a number of what they call tier one prospects that they're drilling. Um, the number keeps increasing as, they, uh, as they're drilling. And we're looking for news uh, out of that uh, JV um, over the next uh, number of months. But I think for us, the immediate excitement at, at long core is our own projects that we've, we've actually kept out of the JV. Um, there's one area in particular around uh, a resource called Adumbi. It's got two satellite pits as well, but uh, let's call it Adumbi for now. Uh, we increased the resource there by over 62% in uh, April of this year. And so we, um, we've got 
just over two and a half million ounces there at 2.54 grams per ton. So as I said, similar grades to Gabali, which means it's going to be bottom quartile on the cost curve if it uh, continues to, to illustrate uh, grades like that. So that is the uh, immediate excitement, um, is what we're doing there at Adumbi. And to consolidate that uh, position, uh, we've just raised 5 million Canadian uh, to drill another 12 holes at, at Kabali. And these are what are classes infill into areas that we uh, just didn't quite have the density of drilling in order to call a resource. So we're quite comfortable that we're going to hit uh, more ounces in those areas. And then we're also going to put a number of extension holes uh, below to, uh, to look at the depth. In the same way as Kabali's done at their project, they had an open pit and they're moving underground, or rather mining underground currently. Uh, we're looking to do the same uh, in the future at Adumbi. So we'd hope to get um, a significant increase in the resource at Adumbi uh, over the, uh, the next nine months and then move on to a scoping study to get an indication of the potential economic uh, um, side of, the, of that project. So that's the, uh, the, the, the short story. Uh, as I said, we do have exploration down uh, about eight or nine kilometers from Adumbi, which is showing very encouraging results at an early stage. Um, and then we have uh, other uh, projects in our uh, own control too, one in particular, Macapella, uh, which has um, 600,000 ounces of, of, um, of indicated resources and uh, just over 500,000 of, of inferred. And again, great grades at that deposit, but we're currently focusing on Adumbi, uh, but Marco Palo is certainly in our mind for, uh, uh, for adding to those ounces uh, in, the, in, the, in the future. And uh, as far as the company is concerned, um, we have uh, two mining companies on uh, as shareholders. Uh, we have Resolute, the Australian gold miner, who uh, owns about 26%. And then we have Newmont who own uh, 7%. And then the other uh, significant shareholder, I think, uh, particularly in the minds of investors, is our uh, CEO, uh, Arnie Kondrat. Um, Arnie has a long history in the DRC, uh, over 30 years, uh, but he also has a significant holding of 26% in this company. So obviously he's aligned uh, with the interests uh, of, of shareholders in, in making this all, uh, all work. Well, I think you have managed to answer all of my follow-up questions in regards to your gold projects. You are based in Toronto and you did start to begin trading on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. You also have a presence on the OTCQX. Can you maybe talk about what value you've seen in expanding to these geographies for your investor base? Well, I think it's fair to say we're just now starting to see value from uh, from the exchanges. Uh, the Frankfurt is only we've only been listed there for just over a week. Uh, we already have people on the ground telling the story into the European market. Also, a number of Europeans very convenient to uh, um, to to trade on on Frankfurt. So uh, I think we're immediately seeing benefits uh, with volume, small as it stands, but uh, growing. And as I say, we're looking to access. Uh, the German and the Austrian and the Swiss investors um, through that uh, through that conduit. As far as um, the OTC is concerned, well, there's a number of investors who prefer, obviously, out of the US uh, investing in the OTC. So we've seen benefits there. So both of them in different ways are offering uh, benefits. But it, it's really as we're starting to tell our story, we haven't, I mentioned before, we haven't been out there actively telling the story because a year ago we didn't have that much to say. But now we have uh, drilling and resources and potential scoping study. So with that um, news flow coming, uh, we have something now to tell all of the investors around the world, which is what we're looking to do. And, and, and hence the spread to Frankfurt and, and the increased focus on the OTC.
Yeah, definitely looking forward to following those advancements. John, thanks so much. Thank you. My pleasure.